Nintendo is going to make more Super Nintendo and Nintendo classics to meet demand? Is this some kind of strange alternate reality or another episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio? Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Every month we have a special episode for anything that didn't fit in the main show, and this episode's different in that we're just going to be talking about a bunch of stuff, a bunch of news bits that we didn't get to cram into the main show, so we're just going to jump right into it. All right, everybody, so... You all know that I am beyond, beyond excited for the Super Nintendo Classic. And we had our first show of Cheerful Ghost Radio where we talked about that and about how pretty much we were all really depressed that we were never going to be able to play one. But, as luck would have it, Travis and I were able to get on the pre-order list for at Walmart, and so those are coming for us. And, um, and we were really stoked about that, but White Boy Slims hasn't been able to sort of secure one. And a bunch of my friends, too, so it just wasn't... You know, a bunch. Of, it wasn't just him, as well. So we're uh, we're not doing video anymore, so you can't see the scowl on my face right now. <laughs> it's really true. It's really true. But he got a Nintendo, an NES classic, uh, in the holiday craze last year, so that was pretty lucky. It's pretty good. But um, Nintendo recently um, released some news that I wrote about on Cheerful Ghost that the SNES classic they're going to be stocking up more units than they originally anticipated. Plus. It's going to be uh, extended into production beyond 2018. So originally, they said the SNES Classic was going to be stopped production in 2018. It was only going to be this holiday that you're going to be able to buy one. Well, they changed that, and you're going to be able to buy one for the foreseeable future. They didn't actually say when they were going to stop that. So that's great. Maybe forever. Who knows? Maybe Nintendo will actually give, get one for everyone that wants to buy one. Plus, they also released another bit of news that the NES Classic is coming back for sale like an honest-to-God company does. They sell things that people want to buy. <laughs> so I want to kick this over to White Boy Sun. White Boy Sun, what do you think about this? You might get a Super Nintendo Classic now, and the NES Classic, Classic is coming back in stock. What do you think? What is this Nintendo? Who I, took over? I don't understand. What's going on? I, I'm really hoping that people, you know, constantly begging to give Nintendo money has changed their mind and they are actually going to let us buy their products. <laughs> um, I, I I was still could not understand why they had released such a limited number to begin with. So, you know, the more the better. I am just glad that they're bringing it back so that more people can buy them without having to pay a scalper like 800 bucks or something. Um... I hope that this is not just going to be like another small limited run, you know, like we made more here. Here's a hundred, you know, <laughs> I think it'll be more um, than a hundred probably. I, I hope so, you know, yeah, um, me too. but, uh, I, I just, yeah, I, I hate how expensive they are because of scalpers right now. So I just hope they make enough to where that is not nearly as bad of an issue. Yeah, I totally agree. I really hope they make enough for everyone, too. Um, yeah. Travis, what and do you think? And, of course, I really hope I get a Super Nintendo Classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, too. Me, too. 
What do you think, Travis? Super yeah, Nintendo Classic, more units beyond 2018 NES Classic coming back. It seems like with the NES Classic and even with some of the resellers of the pre-orders for the SNES Classic, what they had been doing for the most part was supplying the scalpers with units to sell rather than selling to people. And it, it was just so limited. And I'm really glad that they're... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to already have one pre-ordered and, and waiting for me, but for everybody else all you peasants out there who didn't get one, I'm really glad that you're going to get a chance to because it's just kind of a crappy and like nonsensical move not to have more product out there. So maybe they finally learned their lesson. Hopefully we can all get on that NES Classic train next year too. Yeah, I hope so because I've loved owning one and I think it's incredible and been playing lots of the games on it and it's really good so you know i really hope you all can i've i've loved it and the super nintendo classic is gonna yeah i, I can't wait it's probably the thing i'm the most inter- excited for in gaming this year uh yeah pretty sure it's pretty yeah that's my number one thing that i'm excited about so really stoked for that really happy nintendo decided to do that so another bit of news uh, that happened recently is that um there's this little indie film coming out called star wars episode nine the last uh and um it's going to come out after the last jedi which is coming out this december and uh, episode nine was going to be um directed by colin trevorrow who did jurassic world and, uh, you know, truth be told, I really like Jurassic World a lot. I got it. I've watched it uh, multiple times. Actually, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, wasn't stoked to hear that he was going to do Star Wars Episode Nine. to be honest with you. I-, I thought that his sensibilities for Jurassic World were great. But I just kind of wanted to maybe see something else with Episode Nine. And we, um, and then recently, Disney just let us know that J.J. Abrams is coming back to direct Episode Nine. That Trevorrow is not going to be doing that. So... I don't know, uh, Travis, you liked episode seven. You liked, I think you liked JJ's work. What do you think about this? JJ's coming back for episode nine. Yeah, I'm optimistic about it. I think having him kind of bookend the new trilogy is it maybe for a consistency of story is a good thing, if nothing else. Um, yeah, I loved episode seven. I thought everybody seemed to, but I was reading some of the hateful internet comments on this and people were just taking a giant dump on J.J. for his work on Episode 7, and it's kind of strange how the internet mobs turn on you, but uh, it looks like there's a lot of mistrust of his handling of it, but I'm, I personally loved Episode 7. I liked, I liked the homages back to the original trilogy, which seemed to be the big sticking point. For, for a, the the movie that starts the new trilogy i think it was nice to kind of reconnect you to that universe with some familiar territory yeah if he comes around and like retells return of the jedi then that's a different story but i don't think he's going to do that but yeah like you said i like a lot of his work outside of star wars as well and i really like star trek 2009 wasn't as big of a fan of into darkness but he wasn't as involved in that one either so yeah, I'm I'm stoked. Tim? Yeah, I I'm I was a little taken aback by the hate that I've seen for uh, you know, Star Wars episode 7 on the internet recently, which, you know, that's probably our bad for reading the comments. I mean, that's kind of yes. like rule number 1 is you don't read the comments. 
But um, unless it's cheerful ghost, and they're quite delightful, actually. Well, that's because our community is awesome. Um, yeah, it's really true. Yeah, you know. we when, we have our own little yeah. you know slice of the internet there, and um, are the people we have involved are are pretty awesome. Yeah, I just hope a lot of people from Reddit don't come because they seem a little. <laughs> I'm sure they're all great, but I uh, I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, wow, man, chill. Yeah, uh, most of the complaints, which I can kind of get, is that the parallels between A New Hope and Force Awakens, you know, there's a lot of overlapping kind of story beats, which I can kind of get, but I also, you know, I, I was just so happy to have a really good Star Wars movie again Yeah. that I don't care so much. And you also have to consider that J.J. Abrams came into a nearly impossible situation after, like, you know, what, 30 years since the last, you know, good Star Wars movie, he had to start off a new trilogy that appealed to the fans of the original trilogy that grew up with those characters and also that appealed to younger fans who probably grew up more with the prequels and maybe even kind of like them, you know, as opposed to the original fans. And then also try to bring in those last few people that maybe have never seen Star Wars, you know, and present a story that could just be picked up on its own without having that history on there, you know, necessarily. And he did it. And he did it well. Like, I, that's amazing. Like, that movie was way better than it probably should have been. So I'm all for giving him the benefit of the doubt here. And I, I'm actually pretty excited that he's coming back. I, um, you know, I, I wasn't not looking forward to uh, Colin directing it. I, you know, he probably would have done fine. But I'm actually excited that J.J. Abrams is coming back. Yeah, so since we're talking a little bit about episode 7 and our thoughts, I think the internet, there's this sort of reaction to Avatar that I kind of liken to the reaction that I'm seeing to episode 7, which is the most popular stuff, it's real cool to, like, crap on. And I totally get it. Like, you know, it's, you know, everyone likes it, therefore, you know, it's not cool anymore to like it or whatever. Although I like Avatar. I think it's a great movie. I think it was an absolutely incredible 3D movie. I think it it just blew the doors off that. And I actually think it's actually just a pretty good movie in general, too. Like, I watch it. I come back to watch it about every year. I think it's really great. I got the special edition with the extra 15 minutes, and I thought they were really... It's really interesting to see that and see the extra additions to the story. So I'm not too surprised that people are crapping on Episode 7, although they all bought a ticket and they all love it. Here's the thing, haters... For real, don't go see episode nine. I fucking dare you. Really? No, I'm serious. Don't go see it. I dare you to not go see JJ directed Star Wars because you fucking are. Okay? You say that you're not, but you're going to go see it. Okay? And then you're going to say, and then you're going to smile and it's going to be just fine. And then you're going to pretend that you didn't like it, which is fine, which is fine because that's the person you want to be. But you know what? I'm going to like it. Do you know why? Because episode seven was a joy. It was a joyful movie. Okay? Was it a perfect movie? Hell no, it wasn't. And you know what? Do you know what the difference between like Star Wars episode seven and like the world's greatest dinner is? Well, okay, so the world's like, just comparing it to a food, like the greatest food that you could, you know, by like the world's greatest chef isn't going to appeal to everyone, 
You know what I mean? Not everyone can eat that, can set up the time to go out to that meal. You know what I mean? Sometimes people need to eat a burrito in your house. You know what I mean? So again, I, I think episode seven succeeded because it was a movie that had to be made for everyone. Disney is not putting out Star Wars movies to appeal to the nerdiest nerdy people anymore. Star Wars is for everyone now. It used to be Star Wars is for only a select few people, blah, 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 maybe. Uh, maybe. Although it was, a lot of people loved it. You know what I mean? But it's but as Star Wars went through, it's for everyone. Everyone. So this is a movie for everybody. Okay? So it's not going to be perfect. You know, it's going to be an amazing experience. It's going to be like eating, um, I don't know, like a really great box of Oreo cookies or something like that. And I like Oreos, so this is going to be great. So I don't know. I think that people are looking at Star Wars and it, thinking that it was something maybe more than it wasn't. Like, Star Wars was a creation from George Lucas, where he was trying to do Flash Gordon serials, you know what I mean? I think that if you're looking for a more serious, kind of bent on sci-fi, you know, X Ma Ma Machina, Machina is out there, you, you know, that was a really great sci-fi movie, and there's a bunch of other ones like that too, so I think people are looking at it in a way that I don't think Disney intends for it to be, and I think it's okay, I think that media can exist that's meant for a large audience, and um, I liked episode seven unabashedly so, and uh, I'm really excited for the Last Jedi, and I think J.J. Abrams is going to do great with episode nine because he did great with episode seven. So I don't have any fear that this movie is going to be bad. Maybe it's worse than episode seven by a little bit. I don't know, but even so, it's probably still going to be great. You know what I mean? Because he makes great movies, and I like Star Trek 2009. You know, I liked, um, I really like Super Eight a lot. You know, Into Darkness was good, and so I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't. I get why there's the internet hate for this, but I, you know, I don't share it. You know, and um, it's not like Disney making new Star Wars movies is going to take away the ones that you love, or it's going to stop people from making other movies. So, yeah, and someone's typing furiously. So I really hope that comes, some really amazing comment comes from that. <laughs> but anyways, um, that's kind of my thoughts on that. So moving on to Star, uh, moving on, um, recently Microsoft announced, um, <laughs> my voice live in chat said, Travis, I'm going to need you to edit together a clip of John yelling, don't watch episode nine. Oh, I you got that it. Sounds really good. Out of context, <laughs> I think that will be incredible. All right. Absolutely. Uh, and just for the record, people, um, that was a challenge to all the haters that are absolutely going to see it and who say they won't. Uh, just like people that say they're not going to go see Avatar 2, which is a lot of people. They're also liars. They're going to go see it, too. All right. So uh, just well, that's like the people who are going to boycott, you know, episode seven because I had a girl female or, you know, like a female yeah. lead all and right. a black stormtrooper. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> exactly. did that. No one did that. Of course you all win. And if I remember episode 7, episode 7 was so popular, it took over Christmas that year. As far as I'm concerned, we didn't have a Christmas. We had a Star Wars holiday yeah. that year. So, Absolutely. I mean, I don't I don't know if Star Wars is going to take over Christmas this year, but um, it's going to be a big part of it. December 15th, man. I'm I'm there. Oh gosh, we could talk about Will Star it be Wars. the Star War on Christmas? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, Microsoft let us know that Age of Empires 4 is coming out. Um, it was There was a teaser that came out. I wrote about it on Cheerful Ghost. I think we all saw that. Um, 
just curious what we all think and what we want from Age of Empires 4 and what we kind of thought about the old uh, the old games. So White Boy Slim, what do you think? Age of Empires 4, interesting to you? Did you play the old games at all? Uh, I have not played an Age of Empires since Age of Empires 2, and that okay. was a long time ago. That's but I fine. did really enjoy That's the best those one, games, as far as I'm concerned. I, so. Yeah, just um, that genre, just in general, I really like the you know the RTS and I like the Civilization games and the StarCraft games and the old school Warcraft games before they were an MMO. Um, you know, I I like that genre, so I am always excited to see interesting new entries into that genre right yeah me too so just a little bit of um, clarity here uh, Microsoft sent uh, sent Travis and I some keys for Age of Empires 2 HD on Steam when they did the re-release there and that was really fun that we got a release we got to review that before the game came out Travis and I played that I remember right before the game came out Travis and I were playing online on Steam and it was just press that had copies, and we were the only people playing online at the time. It's it's got a really big community now. So there are a lot of people playing right now, um, but press, you know, just weren't playing a lot of online matches. And I think Travis and I were the only people for a little bit. Yeah, um, was, and developers. That was kind there. of interesting going in there, like browse open games, and it was Jay Dodson and nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> I know you go to you go to Steve now. It's pretty big. Um, Microsoft's also sent us keys for their re-releases of Age of Mythology and all that kind of stuff. So thank you, Microsoft, for that. If you want to send us review copies for Age of Empires 4, um, I think the entire Cheerful Ghost Radio team would love to review that game. Oh, yes. So, um, Travis, what do you think? You played Age of Empires 2 HD. You played Age of Mythology, the remix game. You played all that. So what do you think about Age of Empires 4? I had never played those games at all until the review copies from Microsoft. And no kidding. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I was kind of blown away by the mechanics of it, of it all. It, it works so well, and it's not really a genre that's really saturated well much at all. So it's good to see anymore. Yeah. yeah. Not a, not a lot of new games there. Yeah. It's good to see that they're still at it. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do with it. With you know, newer systems, newer maybe some more interesting mechanics they can they can add in. Should be fun, yeah. Awesome. So I remember when we got Windows ninety five, and I remember when my brother picked up Age of Empires and then the Rise of Rome, and we played that. And I thought those games were great. And and then Age of Empires two came out, and I played that. And then my friend came back from the military, and then we played Age of Empires two a ton. On LAN, um, sort of uh, Adam and Jeremy and myself played that a ton, and that was so much fun. And so for me, the pinnacle of the series is Age of Empires two, and I played Age of Empires three, but I thought Age of Empires two was great. And then Age of Empires two HD came out, and oh my god, that's just like took it took a old classic game, dusted it off, you know, um, make made it so you can play it in modern HD resolutions and stuff like that. So I really love this franchise a lot. I'm really excited for Age of Empires four. We don't really know much about it. Um, a couple of things I learned about it, I, I don't know what to make out of that yet, um, but it's going to be Windows Store only. So Microsoft is publishing this. Now they have their own Windows Store on Windows 10. So Age of Empires 2 is going to be Windows Store only. So, okay, well, that's interesting. I, don't, I still don't know what to make out of that, but it will be available on PC. I, it, there's been no plans to bring it to Steam, even though to date all the... You know, Age of Empires remastered games have been on there. Although they talked about you know releasing the original Age of Empires 
restored version or a totally new graphics version that's going to be also only on the Windows Store. So it'll be interesting. I don't know. I don't know what I think about that. I've never, I, I have Minecraft, I think, on the Windows 10 Store because you get a copy of that if you bought the proper Java Mojang version or whatever. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of would like to have it on Steam, but you know, whatever. I suppose playing it on the Windows Store might be cool too. So that's something that'll be interesting about that. Um, something else that's interesting too um, that Travis posted on Cheerful Ghost is that the Humble Bundle just hit $100, $100 million raised for charity, which I thought was really, really great. And Travis posted that like today, I think, or yesterday. Um, that's a really incredible sort of milestone. And I just sort of wanted to go around and talk to people about the games they played um, that they found out of Humble Bundles and just kind of how they look at how that happened and um, just sort of some of those games. We'll sort of start with my, my list first. So let's kind of go, I'm going to go backwards through the list, um, but uh, Super Meat Boy is the game I actually picked up in a bundle. Now that sort of like blasted on the scene through like the Xbox Live, but I played that first in a Humble Bundle and that game is incredible and wow, it was amazing to find it that way. Papers, Please is another game I played in the Humble Bundle. It's really great. Oregon Trail, wow. So that's a game I pick out like every Halloween. It's like a zombie Oregon Trail game. It's just so much fun. Nuclear Throne, that's more of like a recent sort of bullet hell game I played. Monaco and Little Inferno, Hotline Miami, holy shit. Oh man, I love that game. Um, one Humble Bundle that I really liked was the Humble Jim Guthrie Albums Bundle. Did you all, you all got that bundle, right? Uh, I didn't pick that up. I think okay. I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the one with all of his music yeah. and then the stuff from Sword and Sorcery and Indie Game the Movie and such. That was really fun. And then I would say FTL as well. I got that in a bundle, and wow, is that game incredible. I think that I'll keep playing that until I can't anymore. It's so great. So curious what games you guys got in Humble Bundles that have kind of stuck out to you and what you think about um, then hitting $100 million raised for charity. Travis? Uh, you mentioned Super Meat Boy, and that one, I love Super Meat Boy. That game is just, like, insanely difficult. It's like the Nintendo hard that people talk about, just way harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't wait for the, yeah. the next one coming out, the the Endless yeah. Runner Me Boy, but um, Bastion sticks out to me. I love that game, and I got that one from a bundle. Um, but I think probably the once they started branching out and not just doing indie games, um, they had an origin bundle. They had a couple of origin bundles, and I got the first two Mass Effect games from those and I that kind of inspired my love of Mass Effect I've played the hell out of those games now and I'm thankful to Humble for bringing those to me White Boy Slim oh man I've I've gotten a lot of games <laughs> through the Humble bundles um, some of the highlights are Anodyne I picked that one up from a bundle. Uh, Bastion was one that I got. Uh, when they had their Borderlands bundle, that's when I got all the Borderlands games for the PC. That was a crazy um, bundle. And honestly, I have regrets yeah. about that bundle because I got the the tier that would get me the original Borderlands game uh -huh. and some of the DLC for Borderlands 2. And then I'm like, you know what? I don't need to get the the, 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 the main tier with all the, like, the Waddle Gobbler and all that for Borderlands 2. I since have kicked my own ass for that because that was a really good deal, and I still have yet to get that DLC and stuff. But yeah, yeah, uh, so I so, I really hope they bring that bundle back because I've heard <laughs> I've heard that um, 
uh, Randy Pitchford from Gearbox confirmed that the entire company of Gearbox is on Borderlands 3 right now. So, like, all of them. Like, they took... And, and Travis actually posted some news about Battleborn sort of shuttled, shutting, shuttering down a little bit. Like, the game's still going to be available. They're going to keep a skeleton crew on to keep it updated, like, servers and stuff. But, um, like, that crew is on Borderlands 3, too. So... Hopefully that maybe they'll do a new Borderlands button, you know. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a great way up. to get uh, press for the new game coming out. Absolutely. Anyways, you're saying Whiteboy Slim? Um, I had previously had all the Borderlands games on PlayStation, but I had been wanting to get them for PC, and that was a, just a great opportunity to do that. Uh, Child of Light I got through there, which was pretty good. Uh, Chroma Squad I got, which oh, you know, yeah. through the Chroma Humble Bundle, Squad which is pretty really fun. Good. Um, FTL, which is, you know, still one of my favorite games right. <laughs> in probably the last decade. Oh my gosh. Um, I got Jet Set Radio through one of them. Um, I mean, seriously, like half my Steam yeah. list on here. Like you mentioned, Monaco. I think I picked that up in a bundle mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, Monaco is um, a really fun game. So I played Risk, it with yeah. someone else. That was really good. Oh, Risk of Rain. That's right. Risk I of got Rain. that in a bundle, too. Oh, That's yeah. really, yeah. really good. Got more Stanley than one Parable. copy that way. I think really the game Trying that to. sticks out to me the most with this is the game of managing your Steam inventory after you get all these games. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I, I did this thing now where um, I will buy a bundle. I will only buy a bundle if there's a game in it that I will play within a week of purchasing it, the bundle. If there is no game that I will purchase within a, play within a week of purchasing the bundle, I will not buy it. So... Because it would just get to a point where I'd buy a bundle and I'd be like, oh, did I play any of those games? Nope, okay, that was kind of a waste of time. So, and the games I won't play, I copy the key off so I can give it away on Cheerful Ghost, right? So we're going to have endless giveaways on Cheerful Ghost for games that I'm probably not going to play or games that we get, you know, that I can't review or whatever. So, man, it's great. But I, I've, I'm really happy to, you know, be a part of something that's generated over $100 million for charity and it's gotten people really great games and bundles are a really great way for developers to make money you know um, as someone who's published a game I can definitely say that some bundles are a really great way to to make money and some bundles are a really great way to um, give away your game for zero dollars which doesn't really help you out too much but the humble bundle is done right by a lot of people and I'm really happy that it exists so cool so I wanted to end the show off by giving a shout out to a friend's podcast that also likewise shouted us out, but also because I actually uh, listened to it and it's actually pretty good and I, and I recommend that you do too. Um, one of my friends, Rhett, has a podcast network called Air Podcast. It's over at airpodcast.com and he's got a new show um, called Game Devs Quest, and it's on iTunes and all the other podcastables and everything like that. And it's basically a podcast show where he talks about um, his quest for making an indie game. And it's kind of cool because, you know, they're going to game jams and they're doing it in Unity and they're talking about all of it and they're kind of traveling around the world, going to various cons and stuff for how to make games and, you know, game festivals and they do like um, game jams and stuff like that and they talk about a lot of stuff it's actually a really interesting discussion and they 
sort of are, you know, kind of opening themselves up to talk about that process and how to make a game. And it's a really kind of interesting thing. Uh, the episode I think about that I, that I listened to most recently was where they were talking about kind of the economics associated with um, being a game developer. Um, and um, I would actually like to come on their show and talk to them about that a little bit because I have some some information Shameless about plug. exactly i know i'd love to do that well hey man they come on our show you know we, we go on their show or whatever but um yeah i've been on I've one s- of rhett's shows before oh yeah yeah i remember i listened to that one it was funny because i have some inf- info about that but look what it's cool about um running a podcast is um having podcast friends and that kind of thing so um it's really great game devs quest check it out um, it's a really interesting, interesting thing. They've got a bunch of other podcasts up there as well, so that's really great. So, anyways, just wanted to shout that out and um, wanted to thank everyone for uh, listening to this very special episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Have a good one. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com, and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show, and thanks for listening.